I was dating this girl, which in itself, I think that was a miracle. <laughs> but anyways, when I became vegan, my first thought was, I want to share this with her. I had no idea the animals went through all of this. I need to tell her. And I thought that if I just told her, she would just change because we're very close, we get along. I thought that we're supposed to think alike, et cetera, et cetera. So what's up, Ryuji here, and welcome back to the Animal Advocate Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you. Now, today I want to talk to you about the topic of being heard. I call this episode, I'm tired of being an unheard vegan, because that's something that I definitely relate to, and you might as well. And I think a lot of people in our community relate to that, where we become vegan because, uh, you know, we can enter through all sorts of different avenues, I guess you could call it. But at some point, uh, you, if you're listening to this, presumably you're vegan for ethical reasons, for the animals. And you've been told a story that you can save animals by being vegan. And presumably it hurts you to think about what happens to animals and you live with that awareness day in and day out. I know that for me, my experience of being vegan is that I wake up and pretty much anything that I do throughout my day in the back of my mind is always the suffering of animals that they endure for all the unnecessary things that humans want. If you walk outside, you might see people wearing leather shoes or leather uh, jackets. You see people eating sandwiches with body parts of animals or their secretions that have been taken from them. Um, you go to the grocery store and that's all you see. You go to restaurants, that's all you see. Maybe you live with family that consume animal products and that's all you see. Um, because it's so normalized in our society, what we do to animals, it's pretty much impossible to escape that. And somehow something happens where you live with their awareness. Um, I know that's been my experience ever since I became vegan. Um, now, I don't think that we should let that limit us in the sense that uh, I've definitely gone through periods where I felt guilty to have fun or to smile or to hang out with friends or do something that I find fun because I'm like, how can I do this when animals are going through that? Now, I still go through that actually, and I still feel like that a lot of the times, and I think it's something that I get to work on. But anyways, because we live with it or awareness, what happens is that we want to share that with people um, for several reasons, I think. I think one of the reasons is that what animals go through is so horrific that we just wanted to, we, we just wanted to stop and we think that we, we got to tell people about this. Another thing I think, um, and I think this gets buried sometimes, is that for a lot of us, for me, for example, becoming vegan and, and going through this transformation was a beautiful thing. In mainstream society, sometimes people think that becoming vegan is a negative experience. It's limiting. It's like you have all these things that you love and you're giving up all these things that you love. But to me, and I know to many others, it's the complete opposite experience. And I think that unless it is the opposite experience, I don't even think that you could, you would become vegan. But what happens is that you open up yourself to who you really are, or that's at least my experience. To me, living in a way where I, as much as I can, don't pay for animals to be killed and do whatever I can to protect, to defend the most vulnerable and innocent beings on this planet. That's something that's beautiful. Now, ideologically, ideally, I want to do it from a selfless place where I'm doing it really for the animals, but I'd be lying if I don't get something out of it myself. To me, that feels awesome. I love it. I love that I'm doing the right thing. I love that I'm choosing to be kind to animals when I have the choice 
to not be kind to them. That, that's an experience I, I deeply, I deeply love that experience. And when I first became vegan, I remember wanting to share that with people. Now, I think that that can get suppressed and that's what I went through because people don't want to listen or people shut you down or maybe you don't know how to communicate effectively. That was my case. And therefore I felt like people didn't want to listen. People didn't want to know. And I forgot that what I was offering people when I was talking about animal rights was a gift, a gift for people to self-actualize themselves into the best version of themselves, into a version of themselves where they could really align their actions with the values that they hold deep. Because I do believe that most people do care about being kind, compassionate, although there are a lot of things that might block that. That's my experience, at least. That, uh, I've shown slaughterhouse footage, for example, to countless people, and most people empathize with the animals and they think that what is happening there is horrible. It doesn't mean they'll change, but they'll empathize with that. And for me, at least, I forgot at some point that what I was offering people is a gift. By talking about this, this is a gift that we're offering people. It's not an inconvenience to people. Of course, some people are going to perceive it that way, but that's just life, right? Anything you do, some people are not going to be happy about it. We can't control that. So to me, what I, I, I try to do is I try to control what is it that's people are going to be upset at me about. If people are going to be upset at me for defending animals and to talk about animal rights, that's okay with me. What am I going to do about that anyways? So I accept that and I'm like, you know what? This, this, is, this is just the thing that I'm going to do that's going to piss people off. Because look, like I said, anything you do, someone's not going to be happy with it. Someone's not going to like it. Someone's going to criticize you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you might as well choose, right? But the flip side of that is that this is such a beautiful gift that we can give people. Now, that being, the, that being the case, excuse me, like I said, I think that that can get buried in, and you can suppress that because you have all these negative experiences talking to people and then you feel like you're a burden to people when you, when you talk to people and you, you don't feel like talking about it anymore. Hence, when I became vegan, I went through about a, a two and a half year period where I was essentially silent because I was scared of what people would think. I didn't want people to judge me. I, you know, I, I'm the type that I'm a people pleaser. It's something that I'm working on, but... I don't like upsetting people. I don't like controversy. I don't like having arguments with people. I don't like all that. I think that's why I've stayed away from, say, making debate videos. It's just not something that resonates with me. I don't like that. It makes me feel emotionally very uncomfortable. And because of that, well, I opted to not talk about animal rights for about two and a half years. But through that, that was a very frustrating experience because... All, you know, it's like really the most authentic part of myself wanted to do something for the animals. I wanted to speak up for them. But because of the stories I told myself through the negative experiences that I've had and from what I've heard from other people, I told myself that it would be better to not speak up. And therefore, I just put this whole issue in the back of my mind. On the surface, it seemed like a fix, but really it was deeply, deeply frustrating. And I hated that I, I felt powerless, essentially. I still had that urge, that, that want to help animals, to do what I can to create a peaceful world for them. But I felt like, one, it was not possible, and I felt like I personally couldn't do anything about it. And that experience of being an unheard vegan was extremely painful. And uh, I, I've had to do a, a lot of work to let go of that and to forgive myself for that. And all that kind of thing. But what I want to talk about here is what I've learned through my years of trying all these different ways of speaking up with animals. 
uh, about how to be heard. Because like I said, this is something that I've struggled with a lot. Now, the first experience I want to talk to you about was the experience with my, uh, my ex-girlfriend. When I became vegan in 2015, which is almost half a decade ago, which kind of blows my mind. But anyways, I, I was dating this girl, which in itself, I think that was a miracle. <laughs> but anyways, um, when I became vegan, my first thought was, I want to share this with her. I had no idea the animals went through all of this. I need to tell her. And I thought that if I just told her, she would just change because we're very close. We get along. I thought that we're supposed to think alike, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, this should be pretty simple and straightforward, right? Well, it really wasn't. Um, I can't remember the, the exact details, but when I first started talking to her about it, uh, she didn't change, which was really frustrating to me. And the more I tried to talk to her about it, it seemed like she was less and less interested. I remember this one experience, or I'll, I'll share two experiences with you. Um, one is I was reading the book, Eating Animals. And that's a book that goes over the standard practices of the, the animal agriculture industry and uh, talks about all sorts of different things, like a brief history of factory farming and stuff like that. A very interesting book, a great read. I really recommend it. I was reading that and I read this passage on bycatch and I wanted to share that with her. I was like, this is such a powerful, uh, such a powerful passage. And specifically, I wanted to share that with her because she loved eating fish. She loved sushi. It was, it was some of her, uh, her favorite food, if not her absolute favorite food. And I was reading this passage about bycatch and I was like, this is completely unethical. There, there's no way to justify this. So I told her, hey, I would love to read this passage for you. And uh, I think we lay in bed and I read the passage. And as I was going through it, she just looked really bored. And if I remember correctly, I even think she fell asleep <laughs> during while I was reading that. Um, we got into a fight about that. I got really mad. I was really upset about it. Um, but that's just one thing that happens, right? And this type of thing would happen constantly. I remember one time I threatened to sleep in the closet because she just would refuse seemingly to listen to what animals are going through. And I told her, do I have to confine myself in the closet and sleep there for, for you to understand that this is what animals go through, but just much worse. Um, it was, it was really dramatic and she didn't want me to do that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was just bad. And, and this kind of thing would happen over and over and over again. Our, our relationship got toxic over that. And uh, we eventually broke up. Now, the reason I'm sharing this story with you is because of the lesson that I eventually learned from that. There are many things that I learned about. But the one thing I want to share with you is that if I think back now to that experience and I think back to what must have been going through her mind and I ask myself, why, why didn't this work out? Well, I can tell you from my perspective what I think I could have done better, but what I can't tell you is her experience. I'm not sure what was going through her mind. I'm not sure what she was feeling. I'm not sure how I made her feel when I was talking about all these things. And the conclusion I draw from that is that I wasn't really listening. And this is the lesson I want to talk about in this podcast is that the secret to being heard is to listen first. If you read any book about communication, that's one of the first lessons you're going to learn is that it's so important to listen to others. And I want to talk about in depth what that means here, because I think it's widely misunderstood and it took me years to really understand what it means to listen to someone. So to illustrate the opposite now of that story of 
this lesson that I learned of how important it is to listen. I want to share with you uh, something that I, I think I've already shared this in some of my videos or something, but it's such a great story. I just want to share it again. And this was when I was in college. This was a few years after I became vegan, maybe a year and a half, two years after I became vegan, something like that, even though it has nothing to do with that actually. But anyways, um, someone came to visit town for, for a little while and, you know, just a friend of a friend, let's just put it that way. And they were in my kitchen one day and we just got to talking. And what happened was that we introduced ourselves said, Hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all the kind of like normal small talk stuff, I guess. And then I started asking them about what they were up to. I asked them, what do you do in college? What do you study? What are your interests? Et cetera, et cetera. And they told me all about how they were really into computer programming and creating user experiences and stuff like that. Now, I can't remember the details, so I, I might get this wrong. So I, I don't remember that far back. But at the time, all I did throughout that entire conversation is I just asked questions and I listened. And these were things that I was very interested in. For example, I asked them, when you work on on making, say, you, you know, like a user interface, do you work on the back end or the front end? Are, are those things that different people work on or do the same people work on them? What are you most interested in? Stuff like that. And I was actually genuinely curious. And, and that's, you know, a, a very key point to listening to people is that you got to be genuinely curious as to what people are saying. But I listened, I listened, I listened. I learned a lot through that conversation. It was very interesting. And after about maybe 10 to 15 minutes of talking about that, he had to leave. And before he left, I'll never forget this. He said, wow, you're so much fun. I just, I, we got to hang out again before I leave. We got to spend more time together. This, this conversation was so much fun. And I thought to myself in that moment, I, I haven't said anything. All I did was I just sat here, asked questions and listened. But because I genuinely listened, the other person that the person I was talking to really enjoyed this conversation. Now, I want you to think about this and look at your own experience and think about who are the people that you enjoy hanging out with. Now, I'm sure that there are some people that you love hanging out with because they're so much fun and they're funny and everything they say is, is like a joke and you just have a great time with them. But I bet that the people that you love hanging out with is people that you hang out with where you feel like your voice is heard. How not fun is it when you hang out with people and you just feel like anything you say, it kind of bounces off a wall, right? Which is how a lot of people hang out actually. And I think that's, that's, that's pretty unhealthy, but think about how that's not fun, but think about how much fun you have when you're able to share what's really on your minds in an authentic way where people are listening and they feel fascinated by what you have to say. It feels awesome, right? To me, it's one of my favorite feelings in the whole entire world. Uh, it's one of the reasons I like making content because I love being heard of course, from people who want to hear what I have to say. If you don't want to hear what I have to say, then don't, don't listen to me. But I, I love that I'm able to put my voice out there and people listen to it and get value out of it. I, I love that. It feels awesome, right? So I want you to notice that in your own life. And another exercise that I would actually encourage you to try out, and I was blown away when I started doing this because I do this all the time, is that the next time that you're in a group of people, just notice how much people are listening to each other or not. And what I mean by that, and, and by the way, I, I just want to share this experience with you because this is how I experience the world, right? When I hang out with people, I, I'm always just, it, it depends on the context because sometimes you're working on a serious project. There are certain goals and outcomes that you need to create and you need to create a plan for that. And that's a very serious, logical conversation. But when I'm hanging out with friends and I'm just having fun, just laughing over dinner or something like that, well, on one level, 
I'm just focusing on having fun. But on another level, I always try to be very, very conscious of what is going on socially between me, the other people. Like, what's what's going on here? Is there someone who doesn't feel heard? Is there someone who's just talking too much? What What is going on here? I always try to think about this because that's what allows me to understand people better. For example, uh, I remember in Los Angeles, we would go to these activism events. And what would happen is that after we did the events, we would go have dinner. And on the way back, it's funny because I would always do this. I'll be driving home with my girlfriend and I'll be telling her about all these things that I noticed that happened socially between different people at the dinner. I'd be like, oh, did, did you notice when they said this, this is probably how that person felt and this happened and that happened. And I do that because I train myself to do that because that, that's the only way that I essentially learned how to be socially adequate because maybe like, you know, I used to be so shy and introverted. Well, introverted is not a bad thing, but I used to be shy and I used to not know how to communicate with people. So I became very acutely aware of this. But anyways, one thing that I would encourage you to try out is when you're hanging out with people, just notice how people respond to each other. For example, notice when someone tells a story because this is what happens so often. And I remember two friends in college where this is essentially how they would talk to each other. One of them would tell a story and as they finish that story, even though it's something that's really important to them, this is what happened between uh, me, me and my boyfriend, right? This like dr- dramatic thing, like we had a fight over this um, and you know, I, I felt like this and I'm not sure what to do. Well, the other person, what she would do is instead of really listening, because to me in that situation, I think ideally what would happen is you listen to them and you're like, hey, this person is struggling with this. They want to talk about this. And here's one thing you'll learn too. Everyone just wants to talk about whatever they want to talk about. So always help people and making sure that they can fully get out their thoughts. If You might know this feeling where you want to say something, but someone cuts you off and there's this thing in the back of your mind. You're like, I got to say this. I got to say this. I got to say this. But then they just keep talking and talking and you're not really listening to them because you have the thing in the back of your mind. Well, make sure that other people don't have that experience. So in that experience, I think the best course of action would be to ask more about that situation. Um, you know, what do you want to do about it? Like, I'm so sorry. That, is it the first time that happened? I mean, I don't know. These are probably not the best examples of questions. I, I can't really think without being in the, in the, in the situation, but really the best thing to do. And this is the best way I would describe this to you is in that situation, I would try to figure out what is it that this person wants to express and how can I facilitate that person feeling comfortable expressing what they want to express. So for example, if they say this has been, this, this happened and they feel you can tell that they're upset. So maybe a good question would be something like, how did that make you feel? Because they want to express how they feel. So you just help make that happen. I don't know. It might be, it might, it might not be, but that's how I would think about it. But anyways, these two friends to get back to the story, what they would do is one person would tell a story and then the other person what they would do is they would tell a story about their lives that they felt like it related to what the other person just said. So someone would say, I had this fight with my boyfriend and it was terrible and I think he's wrong and this and that. And the other person would be like, yeah, you know, I remember I, I had a I had a similar fight with my cousin like three years ago and this happened. Now, I want you to notice what happened here because this is just, in my experience, how most people think in conversations. And this is how I thought in conversations for the longest time. It's a subconscious thing. But when people talk, what you think about is you just think about yourself because everyone is just so wrapped up in their own minds. So you're just thinking, 
How does this relate to me? What do I want to say about this? Do I have a story that relates to that? And that's just, that's just what, what you're going to say if you're not conscious of how you're listening in a conversation. So next time in your group, try to uh, tr try to notice that because I guarantee you will notice it unless you're around some enlightened people, in which case, congratulations, that's awesome. You're probably not listening to this podcast or maybe you are, I, I don't know. But <laughs> anyways, just notice how when someone tells a story, notice how other people respond. Do they listen? Do, do people even acknowledge that that person told that story and say something like, and not just say, but take it in. Wow. I'm so sorry you went through that. That sounds like a terrible experience. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. That's so awesome that you were able to accomplish that. Do people even acknowledge what others are saying or do they jump right into what they have to say about it, their opinions or their own stories that relate to them? Notice that because you will be shocked how often people just ping off what other people say and just talk about what they want to talk about. You will be shocked at how, at, at how frequently this happens. And, and hopefully what this will do is it will really, because I, I think that there's always two lessons. Every time you learn something, there are always two lessons. So in this case, for example, when you notice that, Hey, wait, wait a second, other people are not acknowledging other people's stories. And when someone even says something that they're so proud of, I did this this weekend. It was the first time that I, I went on a run and it was so awesome because I hate running, but I pushed myself and I finally did this. Do people respond by being proud of that person? I'm so happy for that. That was so awesome. How, like, what's your plan moving forward? Where are you going to take this? What's your goal? Things like that. Really asking genuine questions that show interest. Do people do that? Or do they say, yeah, you know, I, I, I hate running. I've been trying to do it forever, but I, I really, you know, I, re I really feel like I can't and uh, I, I hate it. Which one do people do? Because a lot of times people do... The, the second thing. Now, it's generally accepted that people do this. And, and, and I feel like, you know, maybe it's not as big as a deal as I make it out to be. I, I don't know. But to me, I notice that when I say something like that, and that's how people respond to me, I feel like I'm shut down. I feel kind of discouraged because I just want to talk about it. And in those situations, like I said, there are two lessons to be learned. One lesson is when people tell stories, you want to encourage those stories. You want to listen to them. You want to acknowledge them. Stop thinking in your mind. What do I think about this? How does this relate to me? What are some stories that I could tell about my life that relates to this? Okay, stop that. That is just, just stop. Instead, listen, what are they saying? What's their experience of the world? What do they want to express? How can I help them express what they want to express? First do that, but the other side of the lesson, and here's what's so beautiful about learning life lessons is that there are always two. So the other one is for yourself. If you tell a story, and someone interrupts you, then you can very easily forgive them because you know that this is just how people are and it's okay. One of the best shifts in mindsets that I've ever had in my life is when I realized that there's more value in listening than in talking. And this is coming from someone who I love talking. I love talking so much. I could do it all day. I love recording this podcast. I love doing live streams. I love making videos. I love giving talks. I love expressing myself. Okay. I love it. But in conversation, I've always found that it, it is more important and there's more value in listening than in talking. Why? Because you can always learn more. And to me, I always want to choose the path that's going to help me learn more. Also, that person doesn't have to be there for you to express yourself. Right now, I'm ex because there's a lot of value in expressing yourself too. That's how you learn. By sharing information with other people, you're, you learn what 
you're, you're talking about, it, it clarifies ideas in your head. Some people do it by writing. Some people do it by conversations, by talking, whatever it is. Okay, but th there's a lot of value in that for sure. But that being the case, there are a lot of avenues where you can do that without bothering other people. You can talk to people who really want to listen to you. Uh, you can do something like start a podcast. That's one of the reasons that I do this podcast because, or, or all my content is because I have all these ideas that I want to express. And it's almost like I'm venting out all these ideas so that when I spend real time with real people, I don't feel the need to say all the things that I want to say because I've already talked about them. Maybe you've had this experience yourself where someone comes up to you and they, they try to talk to you. You know, they're like, hey, uh, how's it going? And maybe you're doing something else, but they're unable to see that and they just want to tell all their life stories. And my experience of that is that, you know, as human beings, I think we all want to express ourselves. And that person just wants to express themselves but because it's been so suppressed because no one's listened to them. They, like, they just feel this overwhelming need to express themselves and they will do it at the expense of other people and they can't see that they're bothering other people by sharing their stories because in that moment, all they're thinking is, I just want to say this, I just want to say this, I just want to say this. So anyways, coming back to the lesson, what I was going to say is that when you yourself are talking, people interrupt you, understand that that's just how people is, that's just how people are and there's more value in you listening to what that other person has to say to you. Because on some level, when you speak, you can only repeat what you already know. But when the other person speaks, there's so much stuff that they can say that could be completely outside your awareness. Either you learn a good thing, something to do, or maybe you learn what not to do. But in any case, there's always a lesson there. Even in the sense that they interrupt you, that's another sign to you that, hey, I don't want to do that. But to me, there are always two lessons because when other people talk, I will never interrupt them. I always want to make sure that people are heard. In a group setting, if someone starts saying something and then someone else interrupts them, I'm going to make sure if I catch it, because probably I don't always catch it, but I do my best. When I do catch it, I will call back to that person and be like, hey, by the way, you, you were saying that about uh, whatever. What, what were you saying about that? I want to hear the rest because I want to make sure that people feel heard and appreciated. So with regards to other people, that's always how I want to act. But for me, if someone interrupts me, I'm completely okay with it because it's always the same thing. In my mind, I'm always like them first, them first, them first. So if they're talking, that's great. If I'm talking and they interrupt me, that's great too. But anyways, how does this relate to what I was talking about, about being an unheard vegan? Well, I think that developing the skill of listening is one of the most important and powerful things that you can do in order to become an effective advocate for animals. And I'll tell you about this. You, you can listen to my podcast on doing outreach anywhere, anytime. I talk about how I do outreach in rideshare services or when I'm sitting next to someone or when I just meet someone. And essentially, what I do is I always start by listening to the other person. I want to make sure that I hear what they're saying. I learn about them. I build rapport with them so that when it comes time to talk about seeing animal rights, well, they've already said everything that they want to talk about. So they're ready to listen. On top of that, I will have a clear idea of what they care about. Now, I'll give you a good example of this. In my experience, I don't enjoy calling people out or catching people, you know, putting people on the spot is something that I never really personally felt comfortable with. I don't know if, if, if it's the most effective thing. Probably sometimes it is. And I always advocate for doing the most effective thing, not doing what's comfortable. But to me, 
I don't know. I've, I've always felt like I've had more of an impact when I'm able to have civil conversations with people, at least in the context of, yeah, I'm just meeting someone in a rideshare service. If you're doing a disruption or a march, again, it's different. Uh, I, I don't ever want to claim that I either know or am doing the best form of activism, right? Talking to people, having conversations, say, creating content, doing talks, things like that that are very non-confrontational where you're on the same team as the person you're talking to. That's one form of educational activism. There are many ways to do activism and some of them are, are not like that. Okay, and I, I don't know that I'm doing the, the best thing, the most effective thing, I just know that that's something that I've wanted to learn a lot about because it's something that I struggled with and it's also helped me with all my, all, like all the other areas of my life where I feel like I can just express myself in, in, a, in a lot more effective way and be heard. But anyways, the second thing, like I said, because one thing is you build a rapport by listening to people, but the, the other thing is you get to understand what's important to people. So for example, instead of calling people out, and say you're, you see someone, they're eating a burger and you're like, are you aware that that burger comes from uh, an animal who had to suffer? Well, that's true. And maybe it's not a bad idea to say that, you know, honestly, maybe it's not, I, I don't know. But to me, I always choose to go the other route. So for example, if I talk to them and I listen to them, they might say something about their dog that they love very much. And I'll ask, oh, that's so awesome. What's that dog's name? They'll say, oh, Teddy, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And I'll be like, that's, that's so awesome. How old is Teddy? I'll, I'll learn about Teddy. And then later, instead of entering animal rights through that burger where there's, so, there, there's such a high chance of that person directly being defensive about it and being like, I don't like this because when people don't like something, they shut down very quickly. And that's another lesson too for you. If someone tells you something that's not pleasant, that calls you out, Listen to that. Understand that when you call other people out, they, they get defensive, but a lot of the times you're right when you call people out. So understand when someone calls me out, I'm going to listen, even though my, my defenses might come up. Let me be aware of that and actually listen. But anyways, so instead of entering the conversation through that, I'll enter through Teddy and I'll be like, you know, have you heard about the Yulin dog meat festival? And I'll talk about why that's wrong. Well, every dog is like Teddy. Do you think that's all the other animals that we breed and kill for food here, like the chickens, the cows, the pigs, the turkeys, the fish, the goats, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that they're any less sentient than Teddy? Right? They might all have their personalities, right? So that's how I'll enter the conversation. And I'm only able to do that because I've listened to the other person first. Now, if you train yourself on listening to people, this is what happened to me is that over time, you have a better and a better understanding of how to communicate effectively about animal rights because you have all these experiences in your mind that show you trends, you understand. And I can't explain this. This is really something that you got to experience or I can try to explain it, but just because you hear about it, you're not going to have this. Okay, I guarantee this. What happens is that you, you start to understand intimately how people think and feel about these issues and about the different ways that you might talk about it. And when you really understand that, you can speak to that. In film, there's this concept called subtext. And subtext is what is really being said when someone says something. So a very simple example of this, I've given this already, but if you ask someone, hey, how are you? And they say, oh, I'm fine. Well, Okay, they're saying that they're fine. So if you just read that on a script, you might you might be like, okay, they're saying they're fine, therefore they're fine. But the subtext is, I'm not okay. Please ask me what's up. That might be the subtext. It can be different things. But there's always a gap between what people say and 
what they actually mean. That's why in the previous episode of the podcast, I talked about addressing, uh, you know, arguments against veganism and how when, when people say things like, well, but plants feel pain, that's not really what they're saying. They're never really saying that, right? But again, even let's look at that example because I've only been able to pick up on that because of all those experiences that I've had. I've had so many experiences with people where they say either that or something else. And I notice by listening to them, wait a second, that's not actually what they say, what they mean. Later on, they might reveal that. Yeah, you know, it's just that it might sound selfish, but I just really like this and I can't see myself giving this up. That might be what they're really saying, what they really mean, but in the moment they get defensive and they say something else. You probably had that too, maybe as a kid or even as an, as an adult, when someone calls you out on something and you just defend yourself and you later realize you were wrong. But in that moment, you said something that you might not have meant. You, you might know it's a lie, but you just say it because you just feel the need to defend yourself. So you always want to train yourself to listen to what people are actually saying. And if you do this over and over again, like I said, you will pick up on those patterns that over time will make you an exponentially more effective activist, at least when it comes to having educational conversations with people or doing things like making videos or doing talks. One thing that's when I, when I first became vegan, I would watch these speakers and I would see them speak and I would be like, how did they come up with the perfect thing to say? And now I understand that the the way they came up with that is they didn't they didn't just sit in the room and make it up, which is what I tried to do, by the way, when I first became vegan. I was like, this is the best way to advocate for animal rights. This is how we should talk about it. These are the arguments we should make. And this is this is how it's gonna be. But because that wasn't backed up by any experience, I was completely wrong. Now that I have a lot of experience, um, if I give a speech, I like I know what to say because I know how people are going to respond. So it's almost like you you can see into the future. It's like you say something and then you can say, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this and you're going to hit it right on the nail because you've had all these experiences and that's going to allow you to give a very, a very, a very good speech, for example, where, where you're just talking about like, you know, you start talking about why it's wrong to exploit animals. And then in your mind, what happens is that because you've listened, you understand these are all the different possibilities of things that could go on in the other person's mind. They're thinking because of the way that I formulated what I said, that maybe I'm advocating for a welfarist position. They're thinking maybe there's a, that there's a humane way to kill animals. And I know that they're thinking that because I myself haven't made it clear that we're thinking about this from the victim's perspective, from the animal's perspective. So I can see that and I know what to address in advance because I've had so much experience listening. But again, this is only something that you're going to be able to really do and understand once you have a lot of experience talking to people and interacting with people, right? And and, and by the way, I just want to put this as a little aside. I think it's a lot better to do this in person rather than on, on social media, because you can also get a lot of feedback on social media. I realize where people leave comments and stuff like that, but there, I think that people barely ever mean what they actually say. So <laughs> I don't know if it's a good place to learn, but regardless, if you train yourself on listening, two amazing things are going to happen. First of all, you're going to connect with people on such a deeper level much more often, and that's going to allow you to bring up difficult topics like animal rights in a way that the other person is actually open to hearing about it because you have listened to them first. And that just in the context of that conversation, 
you're you're going to be able to connect with them and talk about the things that you want to talk about. But the other benefit is that if you listen again and again, you'll uncover how people work, you'll start to see patterns in how people perceive the world and how they think and how they rationalize things. And I would or I would urge you to supplement this with studying communication. Read books like How to Win Friends and Influence People. Okay, if you haven't read that book, then go read it. That's a great place to start. But consult different, what do you call that? Um, things that you consult. <laughs> resources. Consult different resources on how to communicate effectively, learn psychology, learn people's mental biases, learn how persuasion works. We can read about topics like sales, marketing. These are all great ways to understand how humans work. And then from there, you can extrapolate those lessons. I don't know if they extrapolate is the right word. I'm not sure what that means, but actually I do know what that means, but I don't know if, anyways, whatever. So <laughs> you can take those lessons and apply them to the conversations that you're having with people and over time that will allow you to pick up patterns on how people think and you will get better and better at addressing those. On top of that, specifically on the topic of animal rights, you'll understand how people think about things and when they say certain things, you'll you'll get, to, it's, it's almost like you, ha, you get x-ray vision with communication. It's really cool. It's like they say something and you see through them. They might say something like, well, I, I feel like lions eat me too. And then you understand how that goes in their mind. You're like, okay, so they're saying that. And because look, the logical counter argument to that is that doesn't justify things. But when you really think about it, the way that they're most likely perceiving that, and and this is what you'll see, you know, because it, it might or might not be the case. Okay, this is not always the case, but I'm just giving you an example based on say the particular conversation we're having. I might go in my head and be like, okay, this person, they, they really love eating their animal products they feel like they're attacked and they're trying to find a way to justify why it's okay to kill animals. Of course, they don't think that we should act like lions or they don't think that we're like lions because maybe they've said in the past that, but we're better than animals. Those two things don't even make sense logically. They can't even coexist. So I understand that. And I understand that the main issue is, uh, you know, I like, I really, I really like these products. And another side of that, it might be, you know, and this is what that might show is that they're, they're saying that, but maybe you can also feel that they do deep down feel bad about what the animals go through because they might've said something like, well, you know, um, I, I do feel kind of bad about what animals go through. I do feel horrible. I, I've seen some of those videos and, uh, and it, it really makes me feel bad. So when they say that thing about the lion, you can understand that what's important is not addressing that argument, the lion thing. What's important is magnifying that feeling that they had of feeling bad and really putting them in the victim's perspective and then weighing that against the pain of not changing or the pain of changing and then potentially showing a path where changing is not as hard as they might think. See, those things are much more important than what they're saying with the lion thing. You, you can just interpret the line thing as, oh, that's just a rationalization that they're having in the moments. Of course, address it. Don't make them feel unheard about that, okay? But understand that you don't have to argue about whether or not we're lions in that situation. It's a lot more about magnifying what they expressed before, if they did express that, and then figuring out how we can make the solution easier or less painful than that, that first thing. You can listen to my previous podcast episode that goes in depth into this. 
but that's kind of how you're going to, I don't know if that made sense, but that's just how I perceive conversations now. It's, it's really, it's literally almost like having x-ray vision into what's happening where you talk to someone and because this is ultimately what you want to train yourself on. And this is the most important lesson in listening to someone. When you listen to someone, you want to listen to what they're saying and try to understand it from their point of view, from their worldview, because this is what I did when I first started listening is I learned, okay, I got to listen. It's effective to listen. It helps. So when people said things, I listened, but I interpreted what they said through my own worldview. So they would say something and I'll be like, I heard the words that you said, but I'm going to understand those through my opinion. So for example, the, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of an example here. You know, uh, the, okay, here's a great example, actually. They'll say something like, this person insulted me. Now, in my worldview, when someone insults me, I think to myself, why did that happen? What can I learn from this? Because I'm always in learning mode. I'm always trying to learn from things. So they say, well, that person insulted me. In the past, my version of listening would have been to respond by saying something like, yeah, you know, people insult me too. Um, you know, maybe this is what you can learn from that. Or what do you think caused that or something like that? But see, that's just putting my worldview in, like I'm taking their statements and I'm filtering it through my worldview. Maybe that's not what they're trying to say. Maybe they're trying to say, I, I was insulted and I feel awful. And by me just forcing this ideal of having to learn from everything onto them when they haven't asked for it, that just shows a lack of empathy because it's almost like I'm assuming, oh, you must want to learn from this. You must want to learn from all your experiences. And don't get me wrong. I do think that's the best course of action to take. I think that no matter what happens, we should strive to learn from those experiences. There's no downside ever, or there's no upside in complaining about something. And there's upside in learning from everything. So to me, no matter what happens, if I'm insulted in the worst way, I'm always going to try to learn from it because what else am I going to do? Complain about it? That's not something I want to do, but I don't want to push that onto other people because if they don't, if they don't want my, like, look, it's so easy to want to give advice to people, but when people don't want, don't want advice, just, you know, I don't personally, at least I don't give advice because people haven't asked for it. I, I'm, I'm like, they don't take it anyways. They don't listen because that's not what they're looking for. So whatever, I just, I just let it go. But in that situation, if I, if I push my ideal of having to learn from everything onto them, they can very easily start feeling like they're, they're not being listened to, right? Instead, I want to understand when they say that, what does it mean to them? They're not trying to learn from that. They're just trying to maybe vent out that feeling or maybe they're trying to understand why it happens, but they're not trying to think about how to prevent that in the future. I mean, I don't know. They, I don't know if this is the best example, okay? <laughs> I'm not the best storyteller and I'm not the best person to give examples for things. I'm working on that. I'm working on that. That's one of my weaknesses. So I'm, I'm working on it. So I hope, I hope this makes things clear, but you want to understand what they're saying from their point of view. When someone says, I don't want to do something, don't think they don't like, don't think to yourself, they don't want to do this because this, this, and that, because that's why you wouldn't want to do that. You got to understand why they don't want to do it. If you, you're going to go on a trip with someone, you're like, Hey, you want to go on this trip together? And they say, no, sorry, I can't. Maybe to yourself, you're like, you know, I was kind of considering it too, but it's, uh, it seems a little bit expensive. Don't tell them you know, I, I know it's a little bit expensive, but we'll make it cheaper if they haven't talked about that 
Maybe that's their concern. Maybe it's not, but it's not up to you to decide. And so often we do this thing where we, we will put our own reasons behind why someone else says something. You have no idea why people are saying what they're saying or feeling what they're feeling. You have no idea. So the, the biggest lesson in listening is to really sit down and clear your mind. You can do things like meditation to help with that, to become more present to the moment and listen to what people are saying and try to understand what did they mean from their point of view. You want to get to the point where when someone says something, you can repeat it back to them in a way that makes sense to them, where they're like, this is exactly what I meant. And you can test this where someone says something and you say, so what I heard is this, this, and that. If they don't say that's exactly what I meant, then what you should ask to clarify, but also it means that you have some room to improve as far as your listening goes. You want to be able to exactly understand how all those thoughts are, are, are forming and happening inside the other person's mind. When you're able to do this, man, so much opens up in life. And in activism too, so much opens up. Like I said, in each and every individual conversation you're going to have with people, you're going to be thinking from the other person's point of view, and you're going to understand how to address their concerns. This is what I tell younger people all the time who say things like, I want to be vegan, but my parents don't want me to. And sometimes I'll ask them, what are your parents' concerns? And the, the majority of times they'll actually say something like, I'm not sure what their concerns are. And I'm like, you haven't even listened to their concerns. They've just said, I don't want you to. And all you heard from that was, well, they, they don't want me to. They're, they're being mean. Like, I don't like this. That's all you got out of it. What you should do is seek to understand why are you not okay with this? What are your concerns? And not the surface things that they're going to tell you, but what are they really concerned about? Maybe they're concerned that you're not going to be healthy. Maybe they're concerned that you're, you're going to be this extreme individual, that you're going to be ostracized from society and they want the best from you. I don't know what it is, but you got to understand, you got to ask, hey, what are your concerns? Why, why don't you want me to do this? I would love to address this. If they tell you, you got to listen and understand how it goes in their minds and then you got to find a way to actually address it in a way that's going to make sense to them. So I hope this is making sense as to the framework of what it means to listen. This is really what I've tried to, to, uh, to illustrate here. And once you learn how to listen, you know, life is so awesome because on one hand, you're going to be a lot more heard once you, this is a skill that you practice. So it's not going to happen overnight, but once you practice this, you're going to be heard a, a lot more, but also you're going to, feel better generally because when people say things, you're going to be able to listen to what they're actually saying. Uh, you know, one thing that you see all over social media is that people throw in their two cents about everything so quickly without really listening to others. To me, I just want to listen to what people are saying and I just want to understand them. When there have been, you know, recently, especially there's been so, so many posts and so many things shared about the Black Lives Matter movement, especially since the tragic murder of George Floyd. And what I realized is that I'm so glad I trained myself to listen because there are a lot of things that I didn't know about racism. I was also in a fortunate situation where I, I did know some stuff, but there, there's a lot that I didn't, that I didn't know. Now, because I have learned about these issues before and, you know, I, you know, I took uh, courses in college that we, we went in depth on those issues. I could have very been very well been like, I know everything about this. And I could have read all the posts from what everyone was saying and been like, oh, this, oh, like, how did this correspond to my worldview? I agree with this. I disagree with this. This person is right. Oh, you, like, you know, when people say, yeah, this, this is so true. Like this, I agree with this a hundred percent. 
I'm not saying you should never say that, but what I'm saying is that I could have gotten into this mode where I just evaluate everything based on what I know and what I think I know. Instead, because I have this mindset of listening, all I did was I just listened. I just listened to what everyone was saying and I tried to understand what everyone was saying and why they were saying what they were saying. Because people were saying contradictory things, okay? And this is about about everything. And, and I think a lot of people are not even aware of this, but this is something that I, that I urge you to be aware of is, you know, even people who are talking about the same things, it sometimes seem like we're all saying the same thing, but we're not. Like we're, we're just really not. And, and for example, you know, a, lo- a lot of people say, let's go back to veganism and animal rights. There, ha- there are a lot of say meme pages or um, what, what do you call that? Theme pages around the topics of animal rights and veganism. And they'll make all sorts of statements about what it means to be vegan. Veganism is about aligning your actions with your morals. It's about uh, widening your circle of compassion. What, like, you know, w- w- why are we the only species that drinks the milk of, a, of another species past adulthood? And what we should do is really listen to what they're saying and why they're saying it and really learn how to evaluate those things. Um, you know, because I think it's very easy. I don't even know if this relates to what I was saying anyways, but this is a very important point. And I do, I do want to talk about this, by the way, this podcast episode, I try to make it more conversational. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you like this? Do you not like this? Um, I just wanted to make it more natural. And anyways, just, just let me know what you think. Cause it's less structured. I have somewhat of a loose structure, but as you can tell, I'm going on a bunch of tangents. I'm really trying to express how my brain works for better or for worse. I don't know if this is helping you. So let me know if it helps you, but this is, you know, brain dump. Anyways, what I was saying about that is that, um, you know, when you really understand what people are saying, well, you'll see the behind the scenes of why they're saying what they're saying. For example, when you say something like, why, why would you drink the, the milk of another species? I hate that argument because logically it makes no sense. We're the only species that does a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily make that unethical. It, that's, it's, it's nonsense. That, that argument is nonsense for why we should be vegan. It's complete and utter nonsense. Okay, like just because we're the only species that drinks the milk of another species does not mean that we shouldn't be doing it or that's not natural. We live in buildings. You're listening to a podcast, okay? We are the only species that have podcasts but that doesn't make it unethical by any stretch of the imagination. It, it means nothing. So it's a stupid thing. I think that the reason that people are saying this is because they want to convince people to change by any means necessary. I think that's what's going on in their minds. Not necessarily they're like, this is the best argument, but they're like, maybe this will convince people and therefore that's why I'm going to do it. I don't know if that's the case, but at least listening for real and learning how to think about the world through someone else's perspective will open you up to thinking about this kind of stuff. But anyways, briefly going back to the Black Lives Matter thing, you know, I I really, I spent a lot of time listening to a lot of people and I think it would have been really easy for me to judge what so-and-so is saying and point out the hypocrisies and things like that. But I realized it's not, it's not time for that. It's time for me to listen right now. I got to listen and understand why are people saying what they're saying? That's far more important than the logical things that they're saying. Under, look, understanding people's experiences with life, in my opinion, is a lot more valuable and important than being able to counter the logical points that they're making. It, it, in a huge sense, I think that's what we say logically 
means very little because the world doesn't run on logic at all. An old idea in economics is that we make rational decisions and that's been debunked over and over again. We don't, we do not make rational decisions and it's actually not very difficult to see how irrational humans are being. Look how we're destroying the planet. Look how we're making each other suffer. Look at all the horrible things we're doing. These things are completely irrational, completely irrational. If we were rational, they would be solved like this straight away because they're irrational. But the, the fact that these things keep happening just shows you how irrational we are as human beings. And it's a complete fallacy to think that you and I are not a part of that as well. We are completely irrational, but at least we can do our best to be as rational as possible and to really listen to other people's experiences. And here, again, I'll, I'll give you another example of the two lessons thing. Understanding that people are not rational, that means that when you interact with other people, understand that they might not be rational and accept that and work with that in the best way that you can understand their cognitive biases. And if you need to convince them of something, use that or listen to them intentionally. But when it comes your turn, understand also that you have those cognitive biases and try to escape them. For myself, I try to not have those cognitive biases. For others, I don't say that they should not have them because that's not practical. I tell myself they have those cognitive biases. How can I work with that? So you see again, two different lessons with one one life lesson. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to say on this topic of listening. Once again, once you get this down, I hope this all made sense and how it's so important to learn how to listen. I think it's going to open so much for you. And I really think that, uh, you know, you, you will transform your experience of being an unheard vegan to being someone who can express themselves in an effective way that gets through to people because you're talking to them in a way that makes sense. You know, one last concept that I want to leave with you is in the world of sales, they'll often say, use the words that the other person uses. So if someone says, I feel really sad about this, then when you talk to them, don't say, a lot of people get mad about what's happening to animals. Say, a lot of people also get sad about this. Use the same words that they're using. That's part of learning how to communicate is using the language that they themselves use both outwardly and inwardly. Hey, so thank you so much for listening to the Animal Advocate Podcast. I really appreciate you and I hope this was helpful. If it was, consider leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help the podcast a great deal uh, and I love reading your feedback. If you would like to support my work further, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash peace by vegan. If you're a patron, thank you so much for your contribution. It's thanks to you that I'm able to do all this work and I got a lot of exciting projects coming. If you want to check out my work, I'm working mainly on YouTube videos right now, long form YouTube videos, putting a lot of effort into them, hopefully making things that will that, that will stand the test of time. Uh, I'm really trying to make content that's relevant today, yesterday, and tomorrow and forever. So that's where you should check out my work if you want to see what I'm doing. Of course, check out more regular updates on my Instagram. And apart from that, I love you. You're awesome. Thank you again so much for your time. I hope this was helpful. And until next time, let's keep defending animals.